Welcome back to Preps Today with John Millay, sponsored by Pizza Barn in Princeton and Minnesota Propane. Our producer is Brandon Morton. We do have a special guest today. We will get to our usual rundown of really cool topics with John in a moment. But for now, I'm just going to get out of the way and let John have a conversation with our guest, Joel McDonald. Yeah, somebody I've known for a long time, one of the uh, famous McDonald's from Chisholm. Joel, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Just got done with my school day and have been looking forward to this uh, since yeah. you reached out the other days. So thank you Good. for having me, John and Jim. Yeah, you bet. And people who, who read John's journal know I wrote about Joel's new coaching job. Um, Joel was a, was a star player in high school at Chisholm, played at St. Cloud State, had a lengthy coaching career at Hibbing. But now you're back where it started. You're back in the in the Chisholm gym, Rolls Gym, Bob McDonald Court, named after your dad, as a first-year assistant coach. And the head coach at Chisholm, Nick, Nick Milani, he was one of your players at Hibbing. This is quite the full circle here. And I know there's a lot that, that went into leaving Hibbing and then taking this. Kind of just talk us through the story, Joel, of go back to the end of last season and when you decided to to step back from your coaching job at Hibbing and then how we got to where we are now. Yeah, that's, you know, it's a, it's been an interesting road for me. There's no question about that, but it also includes a whole bunch of other people from my family and, and friends and so on and so forth. So going back to the end of last season, obviously we uh, lost in the section finals to Hermantown. And, and shortly after that, you know, I just kind of considered where I was with my health, where I was as far as being a head coach was concerned, where I was with Aiden in his basketball career. And, you know, the what, what life has taught me maybe over the past 15 years, even going back to my, uh, my situation concerning my heart back in 2007 and even a little bit earlier than that, you know, you just, you just grow up a whole lot more quickly and you prioritize things a little differently. And at that point in time, I felt after some time, I felt like it was time to step back and take advantage of the time that I had to, to follow Aiden, who, uh, you know, had committed to Augustana to go play with a great group of kids coming in in his 2022 class. And, um, you know, and also focus a little bit on on my health, knowing that I was still on the three month rotation and that over, you know, over the past uh, three years or so, it got to be a little bit of a grind because I wasn't quite to that six month rotation yet or, or really slowing down. So, so ultimately I decided to, uh, step away from that, uh, head coaching situation. And, uh, you know, that was the plan until it wasn't really the plan anymore. Um, as Aiden shared, and as you shared in your, in your tweet, John, that, uh, you know, Aiden, Aiden started out, things were going well, school, socially, basketball-wise, and all of a sudden he started experiencing some panic attacks down at school. Um, and we tried, Carrie, my wife and I tried just about everything to help him through it. And Tom Billiter was incredible throughout the whole situation, and his teammates were really supportive as well. But ultimately, uh, you know, he just couldn't quite get himself through it without checking out of Augustana, checking into some some partial hospitalization therapy here in town. And, and he, he did incredibly well with that. So he was back on, back on track with his personal health. And, um, Nick Milani, uh, a former player of mine, as you mentioned, he graduated in 2013 and had a great career for me. Uh, was always a high character kid, uh, kept that as he went on to college and, 
And I always had a lot of respect for him and the feeling that I got from him was, was quite mutual. And, um, you know, we're a little bit of, we're kind of family friends as well. So Nick Milani, uh, contacted me and said, you know, I, I think the head coaching job in Chisholm is going to open. And this was after school had started. It was September. Uh, originally I told him, well, I'd help you a little bit, but it's going to be voluntary because I'm planning on traveling with Aiden, you know, Carrie and I were going to spend some time on the road and we had it all planned out already as to where Aiden was playing. I already put in for some, some personal days and things like that. Uh, just, just thinking ahead and being fair to the administration here in town. And then, you know, things kind of fell into place as they did with Aiden. Um, Nick got hired for the job maybe mid to late September and, and he kept working on me and everything I just went through with Aiden was, was pretty overwhelming. So I still kind of backed away and said, you know, I don't really know if I want to do this right now, but over time and staying in, uh, staying in contact with Nick and knowing that Aiden was doing a lot better and really well, and he had a plan moving forward. Um, you know, and talking to Abby and Aiden and, and my wife, Carrie, at home. And uh, we just kind of concluded that maybe it was a good thing for me to get back, get back at it and and help Nick more in an official role. So finally got back to Nick. It was late October, early September or sorry, early November um, and told him that that I was in. And uh, he was happy to hear that. I was happy to be a part of it. We had, as you know, had Larry Pervenanzi, who was my dad's longtime assistant. <laughs> And then he succeeded my dad as head coach in Chisholm. So, you know, the three of us plus Travis Vaki, the current AD in Chisholm, <clears throat> he coaches the younger guys. But uh, the three of us were we're now working together, and it's it's been a lot of fun since uh, since this all kind of worked its way uh, into my reality. Sure, sure. I know your dad's looking down and smiling at this whole at this whole scene. You're back in the hometown gym. You're back on the bench where he spent all those years. What, what's it like to be back, you know, in in your hometown gym, and but also what's it like to be an assistant coach? You know, it's it's interesting. That was one of the things. Even even uh, people in my immediate family, Carrie Aiden and Abby, probably Carrie and Aiden more than Abby, really. But uh, they they kind of made sure that I that I was aware of of that the fact that this was going to be different different than it was for the <laughs> yeah. past twenty three years running the show here in Hibbing. Um, but from, you know, if, if I take that one first, being an assistant coach has been a lot of fun, you know, Nick being a, a first year head basketball coach, he's got, he's got a number of years as a, as a head football coach under his belt. Um, he is, he is really happy that Larry and I are both there. Um, he has, you know, looked to me for, you know, situational things, uh, during the course of a game, as you may have noticed a little bit down at Breck when you were at that game, John. And, uh, I, I appreciate that. I enjoy it. I enjoy stepping back and letting Nick do his thing as well. I enjoy working with Larry and, you know, listening to Larry's feedback too, because, you know, for a number of years I was coaching against Larry all the time with the rivalry that, that continued after my dad was done. And, um, you know, from that, from that perspective, Nick has allowed this to be an easy transition for me. You know, he's, he gives me, gives me the reins a little bit, so to speak, because he has that respect in me, which I appreciate, but I also don't want to be that guy. I don't want to come across as that guy that, that is, you know, in charge of it because I'm not, and I'm, and I'm okay with that. Now being back, being back in Rolls gymnasium, you know, it, we have, 
I have to think about this, but since they painted the court, I've been in the gym, but we have not played over there. Uh, with the COVID changing of schedules back in 2021, we kind of got away from that. But being back there has been has been a really uh, um, positive experience for me. It's you know from even from just driving to town. You know, as I mentioned to you when we were talking, uh, you know, I go by the old house on Fifth Street every day because it's in between where I come into town and go to the gym, and I do have to go a little bit out of the way, maybe a block out of the way, but ultimately. Um, and I've, I've done that since the day I had that very uh, high stress interview for the assistant coaching job. So, uh, but, you know, even that day I drove down the street, uh, it was before school. So I got over there really early and uh, there were a couple, couple students, a couple kids walking down Fifth Street pretty close to my house. And it brought me right back to the days where I'd walk down the street and pick up my friend who lives four or five houses down, David Lacoe is a teammate of mine too. And, uh, you know, we'd also walk with some other neighborhood kids to school more often than not. And it brought me right back there. And instantly, instantly, I think that <clears throat> that helped me um, make the transition more mentally too, because I, I felt a lot better about it. Because another thing that I had mentioned before was just, you know, the, the, the high level of being uncomfortable with going back to my house, you know, and maybe there was a little bit of, you know, all of those memories from just the neighborhood and even the gym and the school. Yes, I had my friends. Yes, we talked about the good old days from time to time. But, you know, ultimately, I think this was a, a move towards some closure in all of this in a really strange way. But, you know, I, I used to I used to avoid going by the house. And the only time I might do that is to just bring Abby and Aiden by it and a drive by on the way back, um, back to Hibbing as we were in town, just to kind of, you know, point it out again or whatever you want to call it. But, but now I'm, I'm very comfortable, very happy going by it. I'm very proud of, of what I was able to, uh, be a part of over there. Um, and all of the fun I had growing up with, with guys that, that, you know, played basketball with and were, were friends before teammates and, you know, there there is uh, one in particular now that's a parent of a senior on the Chisholm basketball team, and it's been great to connect with him. It's uh, Brian Thompson, uh, who was a team at a minus sophomore my senior year, two years behind me. That was uh, in our rotation as well. But it, it's it's been great. There's been a lot of people that you know have come talk to me now that I'm not that enemy from six miles away. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's been, that's been, right. It's been it's been incredible to be totally honest. <laughs> You're back where you belong, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And, According uh, to them, there might be some people now on this side of things that look at me as the enemy being over there, but <laughs> but you know, they're you know, even even from that respect, I I've I've stayed I've stayed uh, pretty communicative with with players that were growing up in the program here that sure. I see in school every day, and I, I just you know I value those those uh, relationships too, just like anything else because they've been a big part of my life. Yeah, and, and I you know I, I did see your team play at Breck last week, and I was talking to Nick after the game, and Nick and I had had communicated during the last couple of football seasons. I was trying to get to a football game up there, and I know he's done a good job of. Of, of bringing that to life and the football team's been, been uh, on the upswing. And I know everybody's optimistic about basketball with, with you guys and Larry helping coach there. But Nick, I didn't know until Nick told me that the voters in Chisholm had approved a referendum last fall for some school improvements, including he's in, 
He said to me, yeah, including a new gym. And I immediately stopped. I think I stopped breathing. <laughs> and I said, don't you tell me the old gym's going to be torn down. He said, no, 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 we're keeping that. We're keeping that. We're going to just going right. to build a new one. So, yeah, because that, that place is magic. I've been up there. I don't know how. I've lost track of how many times while your dad was coaching. And the lobby, for, for people who haven't been there, the lobby's just a – it's a museum. It's a Hall of Fame to Chisholm, to Chisholm Basketball. Chisholm High School. Your dad did such a great job with that. It's uh, it's going to be neat. So, I mean, that's going to be in a couple of years. Chisholm's going to play in a different gym. That that just sounds that sounds awkward to me, <laughs> like because <laughs> that gym is so unique. There's just nothing it, like it. Definitely. I, I've told people you can watch Hoosiers. Nothing against Hoosiers, but if you walk into that gym in Chisholm, it's the same feeling as watching Hoosiers just the history and it's, I don't know, it's a hundred years old or so. And it's, it's just the coolest gym I've ever been in. So I imagine in a couple of years when that's, that becomes a practice space, it'll be kind of weird for folks in Chisholm going into a, a, a new gym, which will be beautiful, I'm sure, but it won't be what everybody's used to. Right. And I, and I think the, the great thing about that too, is the way, you know, the plans look, and I don't, I don't know a lot about the architectural designs and all of that but from the, the basic things I've seen. And, and in talking to Nick and Travis, Travis Vaki, um, you know, you should be able to get right back into Rolls gymnasium and, and, you know, what, what is currently my dad's court um, just by walking through a, you know, walking down a little hallway and through a door and you'll be right there and, and basically the historical part again. So that, that's, that's a really, I think a really important piece of this too. But, but again, it, you know, you look at, you look at a community like Chisholm that wants to keep its identity and fights for its identity and votes for, for, uh, modernization or what have you like that. You got to give it a lot of credit to, to what's going on over there too, because they're, they're trying to hold on to that because up here on the on the range, it's it's very much do that or maybe just lose some of that identity as you're absorbed into something else, which isn't right. which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But all of that tradition, especially if you if you factor in Chisholm and all of that past and the the record of that past would you know potentially be put on the back burner and, and tougher to follow and, and be aware of. Yeah, and, and I understand the new gym will be named after your dad, which uh, that makes all the sense in the world. Um, what you know, of course it is. It has to be right, right, <laughs> so. exactly. And, and, and you know, it's uh, that's it, it, you would think that that was hopefully a, a no brainer, but yeah, you know, it's yeah. it is it is just a decision that has to be made. So and, and you know, not not that decision to do it. I think we all hope that that was the reality yeah, at certainly. the end of this. So. Certainly. Uh, I got one more question for you that has to do with shot clocks. We're going to have shot clocks in high school basketball next season. And I was down in Rochester Saturday where they had a great event. It's the, it's two conferences come together, the, the Hiawatha Valley league, the three rivers, and they basically line up boys and girls basketball games between teams from the two conferences at the Mayo civic center where there's two courts and in the big, in the big arena, they, they have shot clocks and they used them. And I thought it went really smooth though. One of the shot clock operators had never done it before. He did four games, and it was super smooth. I was actually thinking it wouldn't be so smooth, but it really was. And you've seen a lot of shot clocks, college basketball, AAU. What do you what do you predict for for next season when we're all using shot clocks? You know, I, I don't see a big change in the game. To be honest with you, you know, I, I think the game has evolved in that direction already. 
Um, I think it, I think, uh, you know, talking to Tom Critchley when all of this was kind of being voted on and re-voted on over and over again, I was pretty involved with the coaches association during that stretch. Um, I, I, I think it's going to make a more ex- exciting game. I think it's going to, uh, encourage kids and even coaches of those kids to really hit the skills hard because you've got to be able to handle the ball maybe better than, you know, you might if, if there wasn't a whole lot of pressure and, and shoot the ball better than ever before, too. And not to say that that players aren't working on those skills now, but I think it I think it's going to set the stage for a really exciting time for Minnesota basketball. And, and in my mind, it's been a long time coming and, and going back to even the, the clock operators. You know, those those people are so important, um, such a big part of of this whole change too, and having somebody quality there. I'll just mention this too, because, you know, a lot of people up here say that, that the table that we have had working in Hibbing is the best one on the range. And, uh, you know, one of the guys, a couple of the guys there are friends of mine. Um, but, but one of the guys is Nick's dad and actually our AD over in Chisholm, Travis Vaki headhunted him and, and his friend, Bob Nyberg, who are the clock and scorekeeper, uh, the scorekeeper guys in Hibbing. So now they're working over in Chisholm. Um, but you you need to have quality guys like that or women like that. I don't want to yeah. just throw the guys into the mix. But you need sure. to have quality people and in, involved in that. And we've we've been doing it at our at our holiday tournament, the one we had here in Hibbing for a number yeah. of years already. And um, it's gone it's gone really smoothly. You know, you rarely you rarely hear the horn. Um, which means that it's not changing the game. And I think, I think the big thing too, John, is, is that what you're going to see are those games at tournament time, not being ones where you have the holding of the ball by the team. You know um, I mean, we all have stories of watching state tournament games where that was the case. Um, and, and we don't need to rehash any of that, but I, th- <laughs> I think it's just gonna, you know, I think it's going to play into a little bit. It's going to play into the hands of the better team. Um, just simply that are used to playing at that pace, but, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, like I said, I think it's been a long time coming. And I think I talked to some coaches down there and some officials, and I got a sense that if you can play defense, this shot clock is really going to be an, an advantage because you can force the team with the ball into a bad shot and away you go. I, I don't know if a lot of people have thought about that on the high school level, but right, I certainly right. saw that. And, and yeah, I don't, I think I heard the, the, the horn blow I, once, maybe twice. And I saw parts of six games and, 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 you know, everybody knows it's the end of the half, the end of the game where it's really going to come into play and it's going to force yep. you to play. And I, yep. I think it's good. I think it's a good move. And, and now that I've seen it on the high school level, I think it's going to be great. And I bet two years into this, we, we won't even be talking about shot clocks because we're going to be used to it. Not at all. I think, I think you're exactly right. John, it's going to be a great move. Hey, Joel, uh, Thanks for coming on here. We're going to let you go. You got, I know you got to get to practice, I think, right? That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Get over there Thank to Chisholm. You. And yeah, it's yeah. Uh, always good to see you. I'm glad you guys came to Breck. And you don't need to save me a trip to Chisholm, but it's a shorter drive to Breck. And, and I'll get up there uh, maybe later this year to Chisholm or certainly next season. I'll certainly come up and see the, the new gym when it opens. And I look forward to seeing you again, my friend. Valentini's is always waiting for you, John. Oh, I baby. Plug here that, we go. But I, I, I know, <laughs> yeah, I know you have plug. a past. I know you have a pass with my dad there, so yeah. uh, I'll, I'll fill his role and uh, we bet. can meet up there when you have a chance to come up. So yeah, I appreciate of- that, it again, John and Jim, for having me on that. It's been great. great. Thanks so Thanks. much, Joel. Thanks, Joel. Yep. Take care, okay, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you.
Appreciate it. Uh, thanks to Joel McDonald. Thanks to John for getting him on the show. We do appreciate it. Uh, we have a, a number of things to get to in the normal part of our show. I do want to let you know that a lot of people agree that we need to lower our carbon footprint. They also agree we need reliable and affordable energy every minute of every day. A diverse energy mix will provide reliability and affordability, which is extremely important during Minnesota's four distinct seasons. Fortunately, a clean energy solution for tomorrow is available today that's ready to work alongside other energy sources. It's propane. Propane produces 43% fewer emissions than the equivalent amount of electricity generated from the U.S. grid. Propane is energy stored on site and independent from the vulnerabilities of the utility grid, and propane's benefits don't end there. Major advances are being made today for renewable propane. Renewable propane is compatible with traditional propane and requires no additional infrastructure investments. Minnesota needs to use all of our low-carbon alternatives, including propane, to safely provide energy, reliability, resiliency, and affordability. Propane, the right energy right now. Find out more about what propane can do for you at propane.com. Thanks also to our longtime sponsor, Jody Stay and Pizza Barn in Princeton. Yes, sir. The Pizza Barn in Princeton. I uh, had fun hanging out there last week, Jim, when I, I, I did my part of the show from the Pizza Barn. It was yes, great to I'm spend so some time and chat with Jody and everybody before and after we did the show. Yeah, it's a family-owned business. Uh, they're closing in on 40 years. It's a fixture in downtown Princeton. The Pizza Barn's always busy. There's always a lot of great things happening. They've got a complete menu, everything you want for lunch, dinner, in-person dining, take-and-bake, delivery. They cater. They have a very popular lunch buffet Monday through Friday, and we always talk about the food trucks, and winter does not stop that whole system. Uh, one of the food trucks will be at ERX Midwest, right in at ERX Motor Park in Elk River this Saturday. It's a 32nd annual Midwest right in the largest antique, vintage, and classic snowmobile event in the world. So you can enjoy everything that's going on there, get some uh, great stuff from the pizza barn, from the food truck. So as always, our great thanks to our friend Jody Stay and her crew at the Pizza Barn for sponsoring our podcast. Yes, and thanks for stopping in there and uh, and and representing Talk North at uh, one of our favorite <laughs> spots. I mean, and Jody's yeah. like everybody in our everybody in our company uh, likes and knows Jody. It's like she she's become a part of the family. So thanks to Jody. Certainly All is. right, and let us get now to the heart of the arts award. Yeah, last week we talked about the Spirit of Sport Award, the Minnesota winner of that for this year. As I mentioned last week, is cross-country runner Luke Clausen of Mountain Lake, who unbelievably didn't miss a cross-country meet despite undergoing cancer treatment at the same time. So there's a similar award, award focused on the arts. It's called the Heart of the Arts Award. And I've announced on John's journal already our Minnesota winner is Lakaya Manska of Morris Area High School. She's a multi-sport athlete, a dancer, a three-time qualifier for the state speech tournament. Her greatest impact, and I wrote about this in detail at the time, came, she wrote an essay really from the heart in response to an ugly online incident during the boys' state basketball tournament after Minneapolis North defeated Morris Area, Chocayo, Alberta in the state semifinals. At Williams Arena, a student from Chocayo, Alberta, sent a, a really vile, racist message on social media to one of the North players. And this became public and, and it got a lot of attention. A lot That's a lot of negative attention. But Lakaya, who's African-American, was adopted as an infant by a white family in Morris, has grown up there. Uh, she wrote this essay that was just really, really well done. Initially published 
by the Stevens County Times in Morris, and it spread really quickly. Um, so there's your uh, Heart of the Arts winner, Lakaya Manska from Morris. If you go to John's journal at mshsl.org, you can read about the award, and there's a link to her original essay. It's quite well done. So congrats to those two, Luke Clausen of Mountain Lake, Lakaya Manska of Morris on these on these really important awards. Excellent. Uh, I'm so glad that's, that's our winner. All right. Our friend Noah. Yeah. Everybody will recall Noah Bierke Weezer, the basketball player from La Crescent Hoka, who wrote a, wrote a Facebook post back in December, urging fans in his hometown to treat basketball officials with more respect. He was a guest on our show. I went down there and, and talked to him and wrote about him at the time. And that pro uh, that post is still spreading around the country. Last week, the National Federation of State High School Associations uh, did a, put out a press release kind of focusing on how officials are treated. And, and they mentioned NOAA, and they had NOAA's post in there. And, and it's just so important that, that a student athlete on the high school level had the courage to do that. And it's really – it's having an impact nationally. It really is. And these things are important for everybody involved with high school sports around the country. So congrats again to Noah from La Crescent. He did a great thing and, and uh, people are noticing. Yes. Uh, this is, and this is what I love about the show. Yeah. We talk about the games and, and uh, certain, you know, athletic exploits, but you also honor people who are just young people doing the right thing. And, and let's face it, uh, you're, when you're young, you worry about peer pressure. You worry about all kinds of other things. And for people like this to just step forward and do the right thing is really heartening. Uh, let's thank now a broadcaster. Yeah, I don't know if this was history, but uh, two, feme- two female play-by-play radio pros called a recent boys basketball game down uh, in uh, southern Minnesota. This was between Fairmont and Martin County West. So two radio stations carried the game, and the play-by-play people were Carrie Brolsma on KKOJ in Jackson and Marissa Voss on KSUM in Fairmont. That may very well be the first time that's ever happened, you know, a high school sporting event with two female play-by-play people on two radio stations. Whether it's the first time or not, it's just awesome. So congrats to Carrie and Marissa and their stations for, for doing that. That's really special. Excellent. All right, let's wrap up today's show with Most Valuable Teammate. Once again, thanks for listening. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Uh, at TalkNorth.com, we have a, just a great lineup of people. Mike Grimm on Go Gopher Podcast. We've added Joe Anderson. We have Dave Lee. We have Cheryl Reeve, Lavelle Neal III, Roy Smalley, Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta, John Krasinski, Jeff Diamond, John Millay. Uh, tons of outdoor content. We keep adding shows to the network. So thank you for listening. Thank you for helping us grow. Thanks again to Jody Stay in Pizza Barn. Thanks again to propane.com. And now let's get to most valuable teammates. Yeah, Jim, this is an award we do at the high school. You know, it's kind of in line with the heart of the arts, the spirit of sport, what Noah from La Crescent did. It's not it's not based on athletic abilities and achievements. It's it's based on being a great team. It's teammates. So let's congratulate. This week's winner, Rachel Smith of, of Wabasha Kellogg. She's a senior on the dance team since the moment she joined the team. She has not let anything get in her way. In moments where many would give up, Rachel digs deeper. She has a natural ability to motivate her teammates without ever an ounce of negativity. She takes each opportunity to lead her team and turn each moment into a positive one. That's what being a most valuable teammate's all about. So congrats to Rachel Smith of Wabasha Kellogg on being the latest, most valuable teammate.
Thanks to Joel McDonald once again. Thanks to John for all of his hard work. Thanks to Brandon for all of his hard work. Thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com. We do appreciate it. We'll be back with preps today with John Millay again next week.